Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. He is the most connected man in Washington, D.C., the one and only Jamie Dupree who is with us. Uh, how are you, sir? All right, Sean. How about you today? I'm good. I, I'm hoping you saw my interview last night with Kevin McCarthy. I know it's made a lot of news. I'm sure you probably read something about it. Did you see any of it? Uh, yeah, the uh, obviously the part uh, where he was talking about the Benghazi committee has gotten the most attention. Democrats have did, really gone gone after McCarthy. There's like today. eight thousand articles about that, and all he did, <clears throat> all he said was, "Yeah, we did the hearings and we exposed her for the phony liar she is." I mean, so what? Well, I think uh, Democrats have used that. The the Clinton team was on a, a Twitter rampage about that today. The White House also uh, uh, arguing that it's all politics. And I think it sort of sets up what uh, what you'll hear from the Democratic side as we get to that hearing on October the 22nd with Hillary Clinton next month before the Benghazi committee, is that the Democrats will simply say this is all politics and argue that it's an effort to undercut their possible Democratic Party nominee for next year. And, of course, the Republicans will say, no, it's not. It's just an effort to get at the truth. I think it was just sort of step one in the skirmish over that over that uh, hearing that's going to come in just a few weeks. I think McCarthy's answer is obvious, and that was that, hey, she lied. She didn't tell the truth. Uh, she did something that they believe is illegal. She's not above the law. And by pointing all of that out, look what happened. I mean, she was exposed in a way. But with that said, I, I really dug in deep and tried to get him to answer again and again would he use the power of the purse. Now, this is an ongoing discussion that you and I have had. Uh, the night before last, I had on six members of the House Freedom Caucus. Last night, we had on Senator Rubio and Newt Gingrich and Ted Cruz. And with all due respect, they agreed with me that, yeah, Congress does have that authority if they want to use it. Sure, uh, they have the power of the purse, but the president also has a veto pen. And 100%. the Democrats also have enough votes to block pretty much anything they want to in the Senate. hundred percent. But Republicans have been unwilling to go and use that method and that idea and that tactic. I would disagree with you, but we've been through this uh, many, many times. Uh, the House has certainly passed a number of measures to stop the president, whether it's been immigration or other things. They have not been able to get that through the Senate, so I don't think you can say they haven't used it. Well, here's what McCarthy said to me, cut 20, Jason, uh, when he said if he was Speaker, he would use the power of the purse, the, his constitutional authority. Here's what he said. The four big issues for me, funding, okay. defunding Planned Parenthood, defunding executive amnesty and, and immigration, defunding Obamacare, and, and this Iranian deal is an unmitigated disaster that could, will lead to a modern-day Holocaust. On those four issues, if Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, will you tell conservative America tonight that you will fight to the end, that you will encourage every member to defund on all of those issues and use that power of the purse. Are you willing to go that far tonight? Yes, the answer is yes. But I'm going to I'm going to do it with a strategy. Here's what every conservative wants to know. Yes. Are you willing to defund Obamacare and use your constitutional authority? Are you willing to use your, the power of the purse to defund Planned Parenthood? Will you use the power of the purse to stop the power grab of this president through the use of executive amnesty, ignoring our laws and our Constitution? If you're a speaker, will you go into your conference and say, this is what we should do. We need to unite together. 
I will unite them, and yes, we'll do it. But you know what? You will we're do those. We're not going to do it when we have one day. This is what we're going to do, Sean, and we're not going to be able to do it alone. We're going to put a strategy together, just as we do a select committee on Planned Parenthood. So we go out across the country, and they see. The president won't even watch those videos. Um, the Democrats won't watch those videos. We need America to watch those videos. And you know what? We need your help as well. What do you those think are the of same that? answers I would say that Speaker Boehner would have given you and has given you. I mean, they voted to block money for Planned Parenthood in the, in the House. They voted to block money to enforce the president's executive am, uh, actions on immigration. They voted to block money on the Obama health law. They voted to stop the Iran deal. But again, if you don't have 60 votes in the Senate, I don't care how much you want to use your power of the purse. You can't get that down to the White House and the president can veto it anyway. So, no, I don't read the same thing. I read that uh, it'll be the same kind of thing uh, from uh, a McCarthy Congress, House of Representatives, that it was from Speaker Boehner. You don't you think that in other words, are you predicting that conservatives will be disappointed? I don't think anybody can please conservatives in the House right now. I, I just don't think it's possible. So then, right, then, then we've got to ask a question. Why did they run? Why did they run in 2014 and promise that they defund executive amnesty and not do it? Well, because they can't do it. They don't have the power to. I think it's it's just as bad for them to say that they'll fight tooth and but, nail. But Newt Gingrich as, wait disagrees. a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. It's just as bad for them to say they'll fight tooth and nail as it is for others to say we're going to be able to stop this. Because, again, if you don't have the 60 votes and you don't have 67 and 290 to override a veto, then it's all talk. Maybe, maybe with the semantical argument we're having, what they're not willing to do is press the issue because pressing the issue would mean the government would shut down, which, by the way, you and I both know that 75% of the government stays open. Everybody ends up getting their paycheck in the end. But they don't. They fear politically that it will be a dramatic hit that they take. So I think we're dealing with semantics. They do have no, the I don't think we're dealing with semantics. Well, hang on, I think let me finish my thought. But we do have the ability. They do have the ability by your own acknowledgement to use the power of the purse to defund these things when they, they have tried well, they passed every one of those but they end repeatedly up, but they end up they they pass it as to me that's a show vote because they never will use the power of the purse only send that bill and stand there and let obama let the democrats not take it up in the senate let obama veto the bill and stand firm that's what that's the confrontation that they have avoided but you can't get the bill down to the president to veto Right. It's I'm a saying, confrontation you can't the Senate, even force. And if the Senate fails to take it up, then they are responsible for the government shutdown. And I would argue that that's a strong case that they can take to the American people. Then pressure is going to build on both sides. Then it becomes a question of who's going to give in first. Well, all I can say is after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews with Republicans over the last few years, uh, that kind of strategy is backed only by a very small group in both the House and the Senate. Okay, so it's just now a matter of are they willing to use that power? People like Ted Cruz, even Marco Rubio, uh, has said to me last night, and other people and, and the Freedom Caucus members, they all say they're willing to do that. McCarthy suggested last night he's willing to do that. Whether or not he will, time will tell. But um, all right, what is the latest with Trey Gowdy? There was a whole bunch of, of comments flying back and forth today. One congressman suggested that he was leaving after this term. Trey Gowdy said, whoa, no, I'm not. And uh, I'm going to finish my job on the Benghazi Select Committee and that he has no interest in the majority leader position. Apparently, Kevin McCarthy and Mulvaney met with him for a period of time yesterday. 
Yeah, first, they've set the leadership elections for a week from tomorrow, Sean, so it'll be October the 8th that they have the vote for Speaker just within the Republican conference, not on the floor. And the the Gowdy thing, the sort of, uh, is he going to run for majority leader, I think was really sort of running along the same thing that I've told you the last couple of days from uh, being in the trenches here in the Capitol, that the, I'd say the vast majority of sort of the, the Tea Party, Freedom Caucus, more conservative Republicans, they're just not excited by McCarthy. They're just not excited by Dan Webster of Florida. They're just not thrilled but with they're Steve not putting Scalise up, I don't see Tom Jim Price. Jordan r- running. I don't see Freedom Caucus members nope. jumping in. They have not stepped up. And so it's this weird thing where they say, you know, we can't stand Boehner. We got rid of him. Okay, well, what about these? Yeah, we don't really like them. Okay, well, how about putting somebody up? No, we don't have the votes to win that. Okay, well, so what do you want here? And I, I think there's this sense of dissatisfaction that they have that almost nobody pleases. I mean, frankly, Gowdy's name got floated, and I saw some people in conservative circles were ripping him, saying he wasn't the answer either. So they, they, what still surprises me is that nobody has rallied behind just one person. So that's where we stand. Gowdy, his spokesman, put out an interesting statement when there were reports out there that he was not going to run again in 2016. And it was sort of a non-denial denial saying that, uh, saying that Gowdy had not made up his mind about 2016 but it's clear to me he's ruled himself out for whatever variety of reasons and if the the conservative wing of the party wants to find someone to run either for speaker or for majority leader they're going to have to look at somebody other than the only one whose name really seemed to pop at all was dan webster's i mean in terms of somebody that's going to get in the race and run you know and dan webster is somebody who uh is you know he's more moderate than both boehner and mccarthy He's not a Tea Party type guy. He speaks to the the Tea Party desire and some in the party to have more. I, I think his appeal is more stylistic in in terms of the way that he was a speaker in the Florida State House, and sure, that is but very inclusive. Then again, um, the 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 sort of the the Freedom Caucus guys have had months and months and months to come up with a plan to have somebody else as their guy, and they just haven't been able to do that. And it's sort of, uh, I find it really interesting in talking with these people in the hallway. You can just sense that they don't like the direction, that it seems too establishment, that, you know, Boehner will just be replaced by McCarthy and the new boss will be the same as the old boss, basically. Well, maybe they didn't expect or anticipate that Boehner was going to resign. But with that said, uh, as you pointed out yesterday, you know, within moments of, of Boehner making the announcement, uh, those that are power hungry were sending out texts and emails and, and they started their lobbying efforts. Yeah, it's almost too late to get in. About the only thing I could see still, Sean, and and, and this is the same kind of thing as you talking about, will the leadership use all their power? Well, you know what? The Freedom Caucus has several times those guys, even before it was developed, they had the chance to stop Boehner on the floor, and they didn't do it. They didn't use that power that they ultimately could have. They could have denied him the majority. Well, they did they, once fairly recently. Well, no, they didn't. Not on the floor. They did not. Not on the floor. That's true. No, they had the chance to stop Boehner both in January of 2013 and January of 2015, and they held off for whatever variety of reasons. So they didn't use all the power that they could have to foster change. Do you know how well, much they the, could still do that against McCarthy if they want to? How much debt? See, I don't want to play jeopardy with you since boehner's been speaker he has contributed to 4.1 trillion dollars in new debt when i hear these guys talk about oh we've cut the deficit oh we've cut they didn't cut anything they reduced the level of debt that we're accumulating but even at 450 billion dollars that was by far the highest year of the bush presidency which was his last year 
No, the one thing that I would say, it's obvious that the Republican Congress has not been able to rein in spending, but they have been able to limit what's been going on through the 2011 debt deal, getting sequestration. Sequestration was a win. That's true. Holding fast on the numbers, though I think that there's, uh, if they put it on the floor today, a plan that would boost defense spending and in exchange the deal boost domestic spending, which I think is where we're headed probably, that would win a big majority in both the House and Senate because I think there are a lot of Republicans who feel like the Pentagon is being starved right now and they've got to find some way to funnel more money into the military. All right, so the elections are set for a week from tomorrow, Thursday, October the 8th, Um, and I guess this is going to continue to go on. Uh, Hillary Clinton... Uh, still has her problems, and as you keep saying, the drip, drip, drip. She's going to be going before the select committee and Trey Gowdy's committee in October, and I've got to got imagine. another batch of emails today coming out from yeah. the State Department as well, so we'll see what's in those. And, you know, it's the story that just doesn't really go away and is always out there. And, again, this will be the monthly renewal of, hey, what's in these emails? What was redacted? What wasn't released? What was declared as classified now but maybe not back then? So, yeah, it's that cycle of story that just does not go away for her. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon, and I think those hearings are going to be quite a show. I have no doubt about it. I wonder if we'll have another. What difference does it make at this point? Four dead Americans. She seemed pretty, uh, I mean, she was able to push back pretty hard on the Republicans in that hearing. Yeah, it listen. certainly didn't hurt her overall. Uh, well, I would argue it's had a cumulative effect. I think everything but from Benghazi to the emails to the server to the lies, I, I think, you know, just look at her poll numbers over the summer. I mean, the level of uh, people, the number of people believing she's honest and trustworthy have declined precipitously. Sure, it's going to be a big showdown, and I think it'll be very important on both sides, too, how they try to frame it and how they try to deal with it, because sometimes, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, something can happen that can really crystallize that kind of fight. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, I got one off off uh, question for you. Yes, sir. Do you play fantasy football? I do not. Why not? Who's your team? Uh, my team is the Redskins. Why are they benching Robert Griffin III? What are they uh, doing? He was no good. That's not but true. But you never know. He might be back to play later this year, knowing the I, owner. I, I, I got to tell you something. He had so much potential. He went through a few injuries. I think they abandoned him too fast. I wish the Jets would have picked him up. I, I have faith in, in RG. I just do. All right. Thank you, Jamie. See you, Sean. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.